Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kyle Ritchie, I am your host here at the Planet Comedy Podcast. Welcome back after two weeks, uh, the last time you heard me I was with my brother Logan and explaining to you guys what the future of the show was. Uh, I wanted to, first things first, say I'm back, hello, told you guys I was going to be here every week, I'm, I'm, I'm almost fulfilling that promise, I'm here back after, you know, two weeks of of missing you guys, but I, I have some news, some good news as to why I missed you. Uh, I'm engaged. I asked my lovely girlfriend to become my lovely fiance, and luckily enough, she said yes. So you know, hooray! Uh, luckily, I you know we, we went took a trip to Cincinnati. People want to hear the story. Um, I took her to Cincinnati. We went to this very very delicious uh, Mexican restaurant. Uh, it was a very good place. I think it's me, Casumel in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was delicious. And then I uh, we went to Eden Park and found this nice older gazebo and kind of with some mums and other flowers and, you know, for those who are into this cheesy kind of thing. And I did the whole thing, got down on one knee, almost had a heart attack, and uh, asked this woman to spend the rest of her life with me. And, you know, unfortunately for her, she said yes. Uh, there's no big wedding plans. I'm a very lucky guy. Uh, I'm just happy she agreed to marry me. There's nothing really big in the future. But I just want to let you guys know that, you know, I haven't just been sitting on my butt not doing anything. I have been making big life plans and doing things and all of that. So I haven't been just relaxing while you guys have been waiting to hear about the podcast and everything that's going on. Uh, some big podcast news. Uh... Next week on the Planet Comedy Podcast, my friend, Philip Hubbard, will join the show. He's a friend from college. He uh, went to IUS with me. We took some classes together. We were in theater together. It's a good old time. The He's an active military member. He is stationed in Ukraine right now as we speak. He came back to Indiana for the next couple of weeks, and he wants to do an interview and let us know what's going on over there. The movie reviews, my five-minute movie reviews, are also going to be starting next week. I'm going to record some of those, have those ready to go for you guys. The trivia tournament, I'm hoping, will start in November. That got pushed back, obviously, because of the engagement and everything going on around that. And, you know, people asking us 4,000 times when we're going to set a date and things like that. It's just, it's been a mess, so I've been kind of trying to get things together for this podcast and for the trivia tournament. I have the belt, which I, I might show you guys at the end of this episode. I might put a picture up on on Facebook and Instagram and everything is of the belt, but I have a lot more planned. I have a lot more going on for you guys, a lot more coming, but we are going to actually cover some things this week. We're not just going to do a little update here. We are going to actually get into some topics. I am going to give you a full on planet comedy podcast. Just me and you, just the two of us, you and I, you know, so here. actually I'll even give me, I give, give you guys a little soundboard. This little soundboard as I text the love of my life. Sorry about that. But ladies and gentlemen, here we go. We're going to cheer as we come back into it. The Planet Comedy Podcast is back, boys and girls. We are going to start with some current events. Uh, guys, The Flash is going to jail probably. Flash and Justice League star Ezra Miller is facing 26 years in prison for breaking into a neighbor's home to steal... Uh, alcohol, I mean, 
felt my guy. But you don't have to do it like that. I mean, you can just go down to the liquor store and buy it. You were a big time movie star. Uh, Ezra has had a lot of problems over the summer. He got arrested in Hawaii for a, a drunken encounter he had at a bar with another patron. And he then went traveling across state with, I believe, a, a minor. And he was uh, he had to be he he's having what appears to be a mental breakdown, which is interesting to watch from a big time movie star because we haven't seen something like this in my opinion since Britney Spears. And Ezra, you know, with the problematic choices of his past and everything that's going on with him, he's really caused a big problem for Warner Brothers because they don't really know what to do with a film where the star just continues to act like a raging sociopath. So. Uh, they've had internal discussions of shelving the film entirely. You know, getting rid of the Flash just altogether. And that sounds like it would be the wildest choice. To, I, mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie get canceled because the star just, you know, absolutely went apeshit. So that's that would be kind of wild to see. Uh, there's been internal discussions for a lot of things. So they've talked about just releasing it, releasing it in streaming services, releasing it in theaters. Like... They're, I'm sure they're mulling all of their options because the movie has already been made. It's already been filmed. I don't even, I don't know if it's been edited already, but I would think so. I mean, it's basically done. This movie's basically cooked and ready to, to roll out into theaters. And they just kind of, you know, have this movie that they don't know what to do with anymore, which is wild to me. Uh, there have been calls online for a recasting. Elliot Page. Is a popular choice to replace Mr. Miller for this project, which is kind of like crazy to me. Uh, but to me, it seems more likely the project will be canceled and altered in some way. I can't like I, I, nothing, not, and I guess because Elliot Page is transgender, like just more just because like it would be wild to see them try to um, refilm this movie with Elliot in the lead role. Like, kind of just around Ezra. Like, it just it's just a wild situation to see, and I don't really understand, like, what they're going to do. Like, are they going to remake the movie with Elliot in it? Or are they going to try to just, like, see Josh? I don't understand. But the project's going to be altered in some way or canceled because of his behavior. DC films would never catch a break. Um, Ezra Miller was one of the bright spots, I would say, as The Flash. I think he was a very good Flash. He made He captured a lot of the characters' qualities, the humor kind of quick wittiness and, and all of that, but the good-hearted nature. And, you know, now it seems like he probably shouldn't be allowed to play a big time, be a big my movie star anymore considering his behavior. He should be allowed to like, just kind of figure things out for himself. So, but yeah, DC Films just can't catch a break. Uh, Kim Kardashian is in some trouble. She's getting charges from the SEC. Uh, for lying about being paid to post about a cryptocurrency. And yeah, this isn't a, a, a heart attack fever dream you're having. That's a real thing. Kim Kardashian's being charged by the SEC with lying about being paid to talk about cryptocurrency. Uh, $250,000 was paid to Miss Kardashian to publish a post from, I think it's Eurythrium Max, and failed to mention the fact that the, she was paid for that. She failed to disclose the fact that $250,000 was given to her to talk about this thing and promote it. And that's uh, that's illegal. It is illegal to disclose how much and in what form to not disclose. Sorry. It is illegal to not disclose how much and in what form you're being paid to promote a security asset. 
which would be like cryptocurrency or like you know software or stuff like that things that would you know promote people's security things that would that are products that people buy for their own safety you can't promote them without being told that you're being paid to promote them uh, Kardashian agreed to pay over $1 million in fines to the SEC, which is chump change to someone like Kim Kardashian, which is billions of dollars. She can, you know, that a million dollars in fines is really nothing to her. I understand that people are like, oh, it's a million dollars. Yeah, but in comparison to what she brings in, that is chump change. I mean, now she is going to be forking over all $250,000 that she got paid from this and then some. A drop in the bucket compared to what she makes on a yearly basis. She's Kim fucking Kardashian. She is bathing. It's raining money around her. And this is just another option of like rich people can do whatever the fuck they want. And there's really no consequences for it in many ways. Uh, But it feels like the world's a simulation. Because like could you ever imagine that we would live in a world... Where Kim Kardashian would be getting in trouble for promoting cryptocurrency. That's where we are. Kim Kardashian's promoting fake money. And getting fined a million dollars for it. Speaking of the world being a simulation. uh, Herschel Walker is running for Georgia Senate. And he's actually in a pretty close race right now. The thing I want to talk about is that he's kind of a hypocrite. Uh, the former NFL star running back is, like I said, in a, a Georgia State Senate race, and he's actually doing some very, doing very well. I think it's forty-eight to forty-six percent. So it's a very good run in the states in the Georgia State Senate. Uh, so he might actually win this seat. We might be talking about Senator Herschel Walker, but he's had some dirty laundry air out. A woman accused Herschel Walker of asking him of asking her to get an abortion, and then that he paid for it in two thousand nine. She claims she has a a sign get well card that says H W which is for Herschel Walker that the two were having an affair and that he paid to, you know, obviously cover that up. Uh well he paid to have the child and the affair covered up, obviously. Uh and then he the woman says that he asked him to do it again, that he got her pregnant again. And then she refused to terminate that pregnancy. And then then after that, the relationship with Walker ended clearly because, you know, what is Herschel Walker going to do? You know, leave and go be with his mistress. But the woman says that she's frustrated watching Republicans rally around Herschel Walker, which I'm sure is very frustrating to watch someone. Uh, if You know, if they did pay for you to have an abortion and cover up an affair you were having uh, that, you know, watch someone run on a Republican ticket where the Republican ticket is almost exclusively anti-abortion anymore. Herschel Walker claims that this is all a flat-out lie and that he sends a lot of money to a lot of people, which is just, I would say, a bad business practice for Herschel Walker to do is to send money to just random people. Uh, Walker also claims that this is a lie invented by Democrats to make the race about his family. To me, I have to say, come on, dude. None of us are stupid. We weren't... We weren't born yesterday. To me, it's pretty clear this seems like something that could happen to a super famous athlete. You know, super famous athletes sleep with lots of people. It's just a it's just a fact of life. You know, they they're super famous, usually very good looking, very athletic young guys who can go into a bar and mostly pick out a whatever woman they want 
and take them home. And, you know, I'm sure this isn't the first time someone has done something like this. But the problem for Herschel Walker is he's, you know, running for a public office and that never ends well. It never ends well to run for public office in any way, shape, or form if you've had a sports career. Because, you know, being in sports is usually a, a pretty wild way to live your life because you have to be around other dudes who all they do is play football and sometimes other mischievous things. Sorry about that. But also, Herschel is uh, running a lot of his campaign on, you know, he's a very religious man. So this would kind of undercut that. But speaking of undercutting things, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., the greatest NFL quarterback that's ever lived, and his wife, supermodel Giselle Bunchen, are apparently having divorce lawyers put on retainer. This seems to be a direct result of the fact that Tom Brady retired and then unretired two months later. It's it's not a large leap to say that she's Giselle's a little salty that her husband spent two months at home and then decided that getting tackled by three hundred pound men was a more agreeable lifestyle than staying home and trying to deal with the normal trials and tribulations of life at home. And you know what? I could see how that's a problem because you know Tom Brady has spent a majority of his adult life playing football whether it be high school college or pro football and being the best ever at pro football i could see why thomas edward patrick brady jr as, as skip bayless would call him struggles with something like that apparently giselle is the one pushing for potentially breaking the marriage up which does kind of shock me considering that she's kind of hung around for as long as she's hung around and she's kind of knew what she was getting herself into marrying an NFL player. But I do understand where she's coming from in the sense that Tom's been playing for a, a very, very long time now. And I don't know what else he has left to accomplish. The man has won seven Super Bowls. He's widely recognized as the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. I just don't I, – I could see why she's mad. Now, Tom, from the outside, looks like he's trying to reconcile things. And it's not looking like it's going to be a smooth exit from the marriage if it's not reconciled. It looks like this is going to be kind of messy, especially with both of them living such public lifestyles. Tom, especially recently, you know, because in New England, Tom Brady wasn't exactly, uh, you know, a public figure. He, he really kept to himself more, whereas in Tampa Bay, Tommy's been, Tommy's been letting loose. He's been in commercials. He's been in uh, all kinds of videos online. His online presence on Twitter has been made uh, much more visible and large, whereas Giselle has always kind of been a public figure. She's always been gigantic in the modeling world. She probably, I believe she has her own fashion line now. She's you know always wanted to kind of advance her career, and she kind of put her career and her life on hold for Tom. So I could see how this has turned into kind of a nasty argument between the two sides. Giselle stopped going to Tampa Bay Buccaneers games, which is what shocked me. I mean, not wanting your husband to go play football is one thing, but not supporting him? Oh my goodness. It is hard to imagine that this ends well between the two. You would hope for a reconciliation. I never want to see a broken family. And I don't think that I think this is Tom Brady's last year playing football, if not one of his last years. But however, 
should this divorce go through, I might change my mind. Because I asked the question, if this divorce does go through, if Mr. Tom Brady does get divorced and he becomes a single man, does that mean he's going to play more football? I think so, because, you know, what else is he going to do? Is he going to be a single man and date? I don't think that's happening. So I think Tom Brady would be back, not with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hot take. I don't know who he'd be with. I don't think he would go to the Tampa. I don't think he would go back to the New England Patriots. But I don't think he would be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next season. So what an interesting time to be a fan of NFL football because, you know, you have Herschel Walker running for Senate. You have Tom Brady potentially getting divorced. But we are going to turn away from sports and do a little bit of politics here on current events. Uh, Rashida Tlaib is in trouble for criticizing Israel. Uh, Senator Rashida Tlaib, she is, I believe, the senator in Minnesota, I want to say was criticized for her recent comments on Israel and the treatment of Palestinians in Israel. What Ms. Tlaib said was, I want you all to know that among progressives, it has become clear that you cannot claim to hold progressive values and yet back Israel's apartheid government, which will continue to push back and not accept this idea that you are, we will continue to push back and not accept this idea that you are progressive except for Philistine any longer. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz tweeted and called... Uh, if you don't know who Deborah Wasserman Schultz is, she's the former leader of the DNC, which is, you know, she was, used to be the leader of this clown show. She called uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib anti-Semitic for going against Israel, which is common. People do that a lot when this um, topic comes up. Uh, Jared Nadler did the same thing. He defended Israel's right to be a Jewish and democratic state. Uh, there is a lot of conversation between the two sides of the Democratic Party on this. There's the progressives and the kind of the moderate Democrats, and they really get to arguing over this one topic. Now, I'm going to try to educate you guys as best I can about what I think about Israel and Palestine, but to just be honest, it's just it's a very, very touchy st- topic. It's one of those things that everyone... Not everyone even knows about, but the people who do know about it usually have a very strong opinion either one way or the other. So my thoughts are that, yes, Jewish people have been historically treated like trash. They have been uh, historically treated like second-class human beings from the Holocaust to even further back than that. I mean, it's just it, it is just the truth that the Jewish people have been horribly, horribly treated over the course of human history. And I understand that their desire for a Jewish state and the desire for somewhere to be where Jewish people could be safe to just be Jewish people. I understand that. I, I get that a lot. When you look at the the way the world has treated them at large. Um, however, what is happening in Palestine is wrong. Just just facts. I mean, it's a hundred percent an apartheid state, just like it was in South Africa. Uh, basic human rights are being denied by the Israeli government and taken away from people. I mean, people are being treated like second-class citizens in in Palestinian parts of Israel, and that's just undeniable. I mean, journalists have been murdered. There was a woman that was wearing a journalist um, Kevlar vest and was shot in the head by the Israeli government. Now, they claim that 
that was an accident, but I just don't understand how you could kill someone who is clearly identifying themselves as a journalist on accident. I don't I don't think that's I just don't find that to be a possible truth. Is that the Israeli government could possibly you know what I mean? Like it's just like at some point you have to take you have to take responsibility for the things you've done. And I just don't think the Israeli government has done that. Um, this issue is super sensitive, though, because it's just there's a lot of moving pieces. You know, there's the way Jewish people have been treated throughout history, but there's the fact that this is, is wrong. But there's also the understanding why Jewish people would be so mistrusting of others. You know, like just mis not mistrusting of others, but mistrusting in just a sense like. You know what I mean? That you, they would want somewhere that they could feel safe to practice their religion without any more persecution from the outside world. And it's I just don't think it's anti-Semitic, though, to criticize the mistreatment of people, of Palestinians. I think it's just clear that there is a, a mistreatment of human beings, and any mistreatment of human beings, for whatever reason, is wrong. And maybe I'm naive, and I have a holistic view of the world, but I really am, and under the belief that we can figure something out where these people don't have to be treated this way and we can make everyone in this situation feel happy and safe. Uh, I support the two-state solution. I think Palestinians deserve to also have their own state where they can be safe and feel like they can do whatever they want and live their lives freely. Okay, so uh, moving on to things that I just want to talk about because it's, I find them interesting. The Jeffrey Dahmer documentary came out with Evan Peters not a documentary it was more of like a retelling uh reimagining if you will uh almost a dramatic reenactment Evan Peters played Jeffrey Dahmer he was fantastic in it uh, eerie terrifying the I mean just everything you could ever want from someone playing a serial killer uh the woman playing Glenda Cleveland was fantastic the, basically the whole cast of the show absolutely nailed the vibe ryan murphy did a fantastic job of both nailing the terrifying vibe of a serial killer of jeffrey dahmer's presence in milwaukee but also humanizing his victims and giving us a reason to to care about them and i think that is that's a very 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 hard thing to do i think ryan murphy did a very good job of it and i think he deserves our appreciation in that sense because i don't think there are a lot of directors who make content like this who try to focus on uh the the victims of the killer and the victims in this movie or in this, not this movie felt like a movie the victims in this short series are feel like they are a, you know like it you feel it it really hurts you to watch these people go through this and they're focused on and the the lives that are impacted are focused on i think it's just a very tastefully done job. Um, one, a lot of themes are touched on. Police incompetence is touched on. The uh, the the undertones of the police uh, being negligent to these people because they are in our you know a minority community. Uh, that Jeffrey Dahmer got away with more because he was a, a white male, not only a white male, but that his targets were minorities and mostly gay minorities. So that's a very interesting topic, and I don't think it's touched on a lot in television. They do a wonderful job of kind of explaining that story. 
racial discrimination is touched on by the you know by not just the law but the overall system as these people are ignored uh, mostly even though they are you know Jeffrey Dahmer was had neighbors calling all the time trying to get him either kicked out of his apartments or arrested uh Glenda Cleveland is the real hero of the story and I think she, the the movie or the show the movie I'm sorry I'm gonna keep calling it a movie on accident the show does a wonderful job of making her feel like she is the is the one the one that finally makes you you know makes these people realize what a danger that this man is in society and does everything she can and she's truly someone that you root for throughout the whole thing but the public reaction has been mixed. Uh, most people like me are kind of appreciate the way it was made and the the, the care that was taken and the, the the ability that they took to to make such a respectful film, respectful series, but also uh, the kind of almost uh, at it because the show does make you uncomfortable in many ways. It makes you feel like you're kind of watching something you shouldn't be watching, which is, you know, always interesting. Uh, the victims' families are upset, but I understand why. I mean, I'm sure every time something like this is released about Jeffrey Dahmer, they have to relive the experiences that they had to go through when he was actually out there, you know, taking the lives of their loved ones. So I, I think, but I, I. And there's a lot of talk about is this show evil? You know, like our show's evil. Can you put out things that are evil? Like um, a former Disney Channel star released all these things about, you know, like how people make content about Satan and like things are evil and you have to be careful what you let in your house. And there's the big questions are like, should we make content about serial killers or the devil or stuff like that? And, and I think yes, because I think when you make these things the taboo the other the ooh the 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 forbidden content i think it makes it more enticing than anything else i don't think it makes it i think these people who come out and talk about how evil the jeffrey dahmer show is and how if you let it into your home it will infect your soul and infect the souls of your children and all of this other stuff that's you know uh, that they they claim about something like a jeffrey dahmer show when I think that makes it more taboo and interesting and enticing for people than if it was actually, you know, allowed and people were just able to see it and be like, oh, this guy was just a monster that needed to be stopped. Uh, and I think that is an interesting dichotomy. But we're going to move on to a happier TV show, a better TV, an even better TV show, House of the Dragon. The season finale is a Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, this show is magical. I mean, if you haven't seen it, if you have not seen House of the Dragon, what are you doing with your life? Get it, get it together. I mean, we just, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Do I mean, my, my God, just a, just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful show. Everything going on in the show is just same man. is wonderful. We love it. It is a Game of Thrones prequel, set two hundred years before Game of Thrones. I believe it's better than Game of Thrones so far. Season one of this show is better than Game of Season uh, Season one of Game of Thrones. This show is is action packed. There's something happening, in my opinion, every episode. There are no boring episodes. Uh, Damon Targaryen, aka Matt Smith, is my daddy and yours. If you watch the show, you will watch the show for him. 
like I said, the finale is this Sunday. So if you guys haven't checked it out yet, catch up. It's on HBO Max. Catch up and then tune in with me and tell me what you think on Sunday. I'm going to tweet about it, obviously. But yeah, House of the Dragon, ladies and gentlemen. Check out House of the Dragon. Uh, and some more cinema news. They are going to make a, a sequel to the 1996 film Twister. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the movie about the tornadoes that starred Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton and had Philip Seymour Hoffman in it and a very good supporting cast. A movie that had, for the time, wonderful special effects. Very, very good CGI. Some pretty good practical effects as well. A film that, in many ways, is a cult classic. Will be remade with the it, its name. The sequel to the, show, the movie Twister will be Twisters. Got to give points for originality. Uh, Revenant writer Mark L. Smith, the guy who wrote the movie that won Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio his very first Oscar, uh, he will be writing the screenplay for this film, which I think is interesting. I mean, you know, you get Leo his first Oscar, all of a sudden I'm paying attention if you're going to write a sequel to Twister. Uh, there's no actors attached to this yet. We don't know if Helen Hunt's going to be back. I don't believe Bill Paxton is going to be back on account of not being alive anymore. And the same with Philip Seymour Hoffman. This is a, an interesting property for me to kind of imagine them reviving. Like, why Twister? Just fascinating to me. There's so many 90s movie properties that you could give a crack to. Why, why Twister? But, you know, odd property to revive. It is what it is. Um, there's no director attached yet. Now they talk to Prey director. Dan Trachenberg, and if you have heard my opinions about the movie Prey, which is a movie in the Predator series, uh, which was wonderful. It's a movie in the Predator series about this young Comanche warrior who fights one of the Predators. Wonderful film. Uh, probably the second best Predator movie. Maybe, in my opinion, my favorite Predator movie is Prey. So if they could get Dan Trachenberg to direct this with Mark L. Smith writing, it would be a super fascinating thing to see if it could be any real good because the the original twister is kind of campy and cheesy if you're being honest with yourself i know i know i, I can hear you guys now Ooh, i hear you guys but the original one is a little campy it's a little cheesy and I, but it's it's in a good way it's in the best way it's what makes the movie fun so it makes it enjoyable. You can follow it. It's not a real complex story. It doesn't take itself super seriously. The movie is a fun disaster movie, and it knows it. It does a great job with a great cast of making it, making it fun for you to watch these people chase tornadoes. And I don't know if that vibe can be recaptured in modern times. But I'll be there to watch it. That's for sure. I don't know when Twisters is set to come out. There's, like I said, there's not even a director or a cast linked to this yet. But whenever it does come out, I'll be there. Speaking of which, I could be there. UFC 280 is this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And if you are not an MMA fan, this is not the section of the show for you. Uh, I'm super intrigued by this card. I'm a gigantic mixed martial arts fan. I used to have a, a MMA podcast called backseat fighters if you guys want to check some episodes of that out i'm sure there are still episodes floating out there but me and mr colin baker uh used to discuss this on a regular basis i will probably release episodes of that 
on this podcast feed just so you guys can can hear me talk about it i talk about ufc 288 this weekend um but the ufc lightweight championship will be on the line mr charles Oliveira, who's the in my opinion is the champion they stripped him of the belt because he missed weight but the scales were potentially miscalibrated wrong listen i just don't believe this man fairly missed weight in my opinion he went out there and then immediately murked justin gaethje he is the 155 pound champion he's going to take on the uh rising pupil of former lightweight champion khabib Nurmagomedov, mr islam makachev makachev is is, uh i believe 19 or 20 and one his only loss was a, a knockout loss he got clipped one time with a big shot other than that he's pretty much dominated everyone he's fought um (laughs) <laughs> his mentor seems to think that he's going to run through Oliveira. I'm going to go with the champ. I think Oliveira keeps the belt, takes it home. Charles Oliveira is just on a roll in a way that I can't see anybody else beating him for a long time. Uh, the UFC Bantamweight Championship. Aljamain, Aljo Sterling is going to take on TJ Dillashaw. Uh, Sterling impressed me with his last win over Peter Yan. He's been a dominant grappler. He dominated the grappling in that fight. He is a, a wonderful fighter, a fun guy, and I think he gets a bad rap from people. However, TJ Dillashaw looks to be in the best shape of his life. He's a former two-time champion in this division. Uh, he was almost the 125-pound champ. TJ Dillashaw is one of the best fighters in the history of the 135-pound division, and he will be coming, and he'll want to make this a stand-up fight. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I'm going to go with Sterling, but I don't feel 100% confident about it because um if i'm being real honest tj dillasaw is a scary dude and if you know scary dudes can do scary dude things at any time and he could walk out the 135 pound champ but i got aljamain sterling in this one peter yawn and sugar sean o'malley this is a heart versus head pick for me peter yawn is a more experienced more metal-tested fighter. He's been a champion. He's been in championship rounds. He's been the guy at this weight class before, but we all thought he was going to be unbeatable. And then, you know, he gets the disqualification against Osmond Sterling, and he has a very, very, very uncharacteristically bad performance against him in the rematch. So it looks like Peter is on the rebound here. Meanwhile, Sugar Sean, ever since his loss to Cheeto Vera... Has been on a roll, knocking people out, putting people to sleep with almost relative ease. Now, this is his toughest competition yet, is Sugar, I would say. This is the best fighter he's fought because Cheeto Vera has been on a roll as of late, but he wasn't this Cheeto Vera when he fought Sugar Sean. And Sugar got hurt in that fight, hurt pretty badly. So we're now going to find out what Sugar Sean O'Malley is really made of. And it's a heart versus head pick for me, and I'm going to go with heart. Sugar Sean by third round TKO. Uh, Benel Dariush is going to take on Matsu's Gamrut or Gamrot. Uh, Gamrot has had a couple big wins in a row, but Dariush is the number six ranked fighter and he should be the, in the top five. Uh, Dariush, what he did to Tony Ferguson, what he's done since then, he's been a very impressive fighter the last couple of years. Um, and I have Benel Dariush by submission here. Very simple. Belil Muhammad is going to take on Sean Brady. I've got Belil because he's a, he's a very well-rounded fighter. He's a very great, kind-hearted guy, and he's had a good time poking at people, but mostly because he made fun of Philadelphia. 
Belial knew the way to my heart was to, to go out there and mock the city of Philadelphia where Sean Brady is from. And, and, and as a, a Dallas Cowboys fan, I have hated the city of Philadelphia my entire life. I despise them. I despise everything about them. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Niners. The, the Niners. I hate the Sixers. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Flyers. I hate all of them. I hate all of their sports teams. I hate the city of Philadelphia. I, I do like Philly cheesesteaks. I'll give you that. But fuck Philly. I hate that place. And Belil Muhammad, my first round knockout, specifically because fuck Philly forever. Uh, the Planet Comedy Fun Facts of the Day, ladies and gentlemen. To close things out for you in this short, short show as I, I'm going to drop some, some some big, big things for you. Uh, three presidents have died on the 4th of July. They are John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Monroe. And uh, as I said to you guys, I'm going to be dropping the two episodes I have of the Backseat Fighters if I can find them. As well as this podcast, not to mention a episode of Average Joe's is up right now. Uh, if you ladies like college football, if you ladies and gentlemen like college football, Average Joe's college football show is a college football show made for fans by fans. This is the Planet Comedy Podcast. As you guys are listening, I told you next week we're going to have Philip Hubbard in the studio. Uh, a former friend, a friend, not a former friend, a college friend of mine and an active uh, service member. Uh, catch us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, anywhere you really you get your podcast. Uh, the Planet Comedy on Facebook and Instagram, the PCP Gang on Twitter, and the Planet Comedy YouTube channel. Make sure to check out the five minute movie reviews that are going to be coming up very, very soon, which, like, maybe next week soon. Foreshadow. Um, the Planet Comedy Trivia Tournament is coming soon, hopefully in November. Stay tuned.